Hey everyone, Sharday Sellers here. Um, on this episode, we're talking about Eve's Bayou, and uh, I just wanted to make sure everyone listening to this knew that this is an official trigger warning. We are going to talk about some personal things, um, including sexual assault. Um, so this is your official trigger warning for this episode. We really do have a nice nuanced conversation. We try to be very, very um, cognizant that some of our listeners could be triggered by the topic um, in this movie. So I'm just letting you all know right now, but hopefully you find that it is a nuanced conversation and it's, uh, we did our best to navigate around such a difficult topic and enjoy the show. I'm going to tell you what it is, okay? It's a dumbass white movie about some dumbass white girls getting their white asses cut the fuck up, okay? Yeah, I suppose Sandra Bullock is Miss Ethnicity, right? Well, no, all I'm saying is that the horror genre is historical for excluding African-American elements. Well, look how you get your PhD in black cinema, sister soldier. Welcome back to Afro Horror. It is the first day of spooky season, and I have my co-host back with me, Chris Courtney Martin. Hey, y'all. I've been gone for a minute, but I'm back with the jump off. How you been doing? We've missed you so, so much. Okay, there's so much to cover today. We are doing Eve's Bayou yes. to kick off <laughs> spooky season. I'm not going to lie, Chris. I just watched the movie for the first time all the way through like unedited the unedited version for the first time ever just now really wow wow i this i i think this might have been my probably like third time watching it because i used to watch it when i was a kid on hbo right and i loved it loved it then um but you know even though I loved it you know like remember the way memory is set up like you just when there's so much distance between you and a film you for you know it's good but you forget how good it is and oh my god I was reminded of what a masterpiece this film is. I'm gonna have to watch it again because the, the first viewing I am shook it I am yeah. <laughs> I'm just speechless I was like what did I just because I went in not knowing at all what the plot is about. I knew it's Casey Lemons. I knew it's horror. I knew it's Journeys from LA. Um, I was shocked to see Megan Good. I was like, what kind of awesome film? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's never been in any of the still photos that I see when people talk about the, the film. So I was shocked to see Megan Good and um, the whole cast and Samuel Jackson, too. I was like, wait, what? This is... Yeah this is black excellence in this movie. But after I finished watching it, I was just like, that is not at all what I thought it was going to be. And I'm happy. I'm surprised. I'm super happy, but, um, it is dark. <laughs> Very dark. Yes. Um, it's so good. It's just so like, just beautiful to look at. It's like dessert for the eyes, every shot, um, the colors, the costumes, all it really that. is. No, and you know what I I'm just realizing there's like no white people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy. I've never seen anything like that before, especially in horror, um, with such a 
even with Get Out, like there is a, a an element to it. There's a white family in it, so yeah. it has no white people in it. It's kind of East Bayou is just a safe haven for black and especially black Creole people to just live and thrive. And they have farmers markets, and they they all have big houses and they're doctors. And I'm just like, what a world! But even even without white people, there's still it's still a horror film. There's still things happening that are scary, which I love. Yeah, and just for this, this was her um, freshman film. This was her first feature, which is ridiculous to me, right? Like, you come out, and I'm, I know I am on my soapbox right now, but if I have learned anything from this year is that you give people their flowers, right? You give people their flowers while, while yeah, they yeah. are here. She came out with this film. Her her film her first film Miss Casey Lemons, okay. It is a masterpiece. It's like a magnum opus. This film is basically like it would have been one of those classic Hollywood greats if we had been a you know had access to classic Hollywood. That's how quintessentially just beautiful and well done um, it is, and. It was her very first film. That's and ridiculous. That makes me feel like such an underachiever. And if y'all don't know, Miss Casey Lemons, she started her career as an actor. Um, she she was in um, Candyman, which we're still waiting to be released, the, the remake. Um, and she's also in Silence of the Lambs. And she wrote and directed Ease by You as her yes. first film. Yes. And I had to look it up to like make sure that this was an original concept because the way that it's written and especially the way she she handles the narration it's written like a book i thought like oh this is some some gorgeous like southern gothic gem that you know someone wrote that you know she discovered and adapted no this was an original screenplay and it is poetry for all of the senses the first thing that came to me too when i was watching is like this dialogue is so good. Like you said, it's very literature. It's very, almost like a play. I'm like, this is like refined dialogue that should not be on film. Film is usually dumbed down dialogue, especially in horror. And this is just so, it's like a, like a, a soliloquy. It's just so beautiful. It's like a note. Like the dialogue in this movie is like the score for this movie. It's just so soft and wistful. I love watching it. And first of all, while we're giving lemons, let's please clap for journey oh my snaps toe taps all that i've been watching lovecraft country i'm obsessed and and the last week's episode um she killed it and then i and then i watched this and i go well look she's like what seven here nine maybe yeah well first of all i love the smollett family um they all of them are so talented her little brother jake played the the baby brother poe oh yeah um in this and honestly like she i feel like she and megan if we're being honest always just ridiculously absent from conversations about child actors who were just phenomenal and have had great careers um and both of them were because the kids are really at the center of this movie um just gave these award-worthy performances seriously the scenes with uh eve and her sister sicily so with with um journey and megan i'm just like um 
are these children or are these seasoned actors? And the, the especially Journey, the amount of emotional detail that she brings to the character of Eve, I don't understand how she is not more like not, why she isn't talked about with the Violas and, and the Nicole Kidmans as she should be because <laughs> she is ridiculously talented and she's been working for such a long time. And I was talking to my friend EJ about it and it was just like, well, you know how it goes. Journey's only been given like side roles for most of her career. And then she did Underground and now she's doing Lovecraft Country and, and she did um, the big budget movie, uh, Harley Quinn's movie. And people are just like, she's just now getting her accolades and it, it, it's really crazy to me because there are people who haven't been doing this as long as she has, who've been, who are miles, miles ahead of her, at least when it comes to films and roles. But this is an actor. Journey's, she is an actress. Oh my gosh. And Megan Good, because I hated Sicily. I will tell you right now, I know I'm supposed to sympathize with her, but I was really like, if y'all don't beat her ass. No, Sicily to me, okay, because... Not to be nerdy and 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 take it back to um, to college, but I read this book by Titi Dangaram Titi Dangaranga. Um, oh God, I, and I can't remember the title of it. I do remember that's the author. And one of the characters, first of all, it's set in um, Zimbabwe back it, it, during this this very turmoily uh post-colonial time and um one of the characters is a 14 year old girl who's dealing with all this um god i gotta look up the i'll, I'll look up the name of it but um is dealing with all of these issues and um they take her to a doctor and they say you know, in so many words that they can't really diagnose her with anything psychologically because Black people, Africans, are not complex enough um, to have those kinds of disorders. And that was the thinking. This took place in the 70s. Um, and I know that, you know, this is a world that's very devoid of that sort of interaction that we see. You're saying this this story has no white people. It's it's not oppression um, laden. Like that's not really what this is about. Um, but just the idea of showing, first of all, black kids who have the space to be kids as mm -hmm. much as this family does. That's true. Um, but also showing a young black girl who is clearly going through some mental issues and then again mental emotional issues um and again not to jump ahead with the ambiguity of the whole situation it's like this very well could have happened mm -hmm. and this could and this is likely why she is flashing out because i'm i'm not gonna lie when i first viewed it as a kid um because, and I know I'm giving away plot points before we even like get into the summary. Um, I thought it was very clear that she had made this up. But watching it again as an adult, I feel the ambiguity there. Um, I didn't get that so on the first watch. I believe her. I, I don't think she made it up, which is 
Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. As a kid, though, I'm I 30, thought that right? you were a kid. Yeah. I'm 30. So yeah, but watching it, th- watching it this time, it's like, if this, if this is truly going on, then like, I, like, I, I, I feel for this kid. And even if it's, if it's not going on, then something's still wrong there. Something's going on with her. Yeah. Sure. I sympathize with, um, with the, especially when she takes these three hour long baths and she gets her period. I was like, yo, I got my period at 12. I had no business having a period at 12, but I also had, have a history of endometriosis. And I remember my sister banging on the door. What are you doing in there? What are you doing? I was like, girl, I'm just trying to survive. It's so Mm -hmm. painful. And it's just, and it's just uh, so annoying that I was the only kid on the block that had a period and I had bad periods. It wasn't like I was like, oh, yeah. I got my period, got to go bicycling. So I sympathized with her or, or empathized through that because I was like, girl, I get it. Take your three-hour bath. <laughs> like, it is not fun. But we're going to get into the plot points because I just wanted us to open up with our rea- our first reactions. But I also want, before we get into the plot points, I want to do a little catch-up because so much has happened in the space of, last time I talked to you, the world was open. Where is it open? Where what month is it? Is September? I don't remember last time we talked. <laughs> what is time? What is time? Um, but I want to talk to you. I want to catch up on what's going on with Shakutare. Um, because wow. I don't know if you noticed on Twitter, Shakutari board, like the real cheese and stuff has been hell yeah. <laughs> Cracks me. Yeah, up. my 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 homie tagged me in in something where somebody called it shark coochie. Yeah, start coochie board. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, more stuff that I can't talk about right now, but, um, you know, with a couple projects, but hopefully soon, uh, you know, cats will be released from bags. And, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we hope so, because we, you know, um, especially it's spooky season, y'all. It's the first day of spooky season. I, my house is already decorated. It was decorated last week. We are not having a Halloween this year as a world, but in my house, we will be having a Halloween. But with the conversation of horror has re-entered the, the film conversation, especially with movies coming out like The Rental and The Host on Shutter, And it's still, still, still very much uh, absent of Black women, which is quite annoying. We are still waiting for Miss Nia DaCosta's Candyman to drop. And yes. they seem to be pretty firm on this October date. I don't know how that's going to work out because I I will go to the theater, honestly, if they do drop it in October. I will be scared out of my mind, but I have to support Miss Nia. I have to. So I'll go. I'll risk my life to go see Candyman, I guess. Um, but besides her, um, and, and I want also touch to say, there is no Nia DaCosta. There is no Ava DuVernay without Casey Lemons. That is just why we're talking about Eve's Bayou to kick off spooky season. Casey Lemons is not new to this. She's been true to this. And we all owe her the debt that we cannot pay back by being a Black female director in this space, and especially with a film like Eve's Bayou, which I think is also left out of the horror conversation, especially by white people, because they don't think it's horror, but it's definitely Mm -hmm. a horror film. You were telling me how, frustratingly, when you bring this movie up to people, they don't even know what you're talking about. Yes, um, well, first, back checks. I just looked it up. The book I was talking about is Nervous Conditions. Just wanted to put that out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have had quite a few meetings um, where, you know, they ask, well, what's, what's one of your favorite movies? And 
I switch it up because, you know, I'm bad at thinking on my feet, but I pretty often say Eve's Bayou because it genuinely is just one of the greatest. And so many of these people that I've met with are just like, oh, I've never heard of it. It's like, this movie's been out since like, was it like 1997? 1997. And I'm like, this is like a masterpiece. Like, this is like up there with It was named by, by uh, Ebert, um, the, the critic, rest in peace, as the best film of 1997. So when people say that, that's crazy to me. Like he said, yeah. if, if it's not nominated for Oscar, then the Oscars are crazy. And, and they were. And I'm like, we had the same HBO. Because I remember watching this on cable. So I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. Like, how did, how did this just miss so many people's... Re- well, we know how. We know that, how. We know why. Yeah. <laughs> Keenan Thompson gif. You know why. You know why. <laughs> and if you think about it, in horror in 1997, like, we had Scream at that time was already out. We had uh, Still Know What You Did Last... Or I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah, I think Still came out in 99. Maybe I'm getting my dates up. But anyway, we were we were at the... we Horror was at its height. It was 90s horror. So a little indie like this not getting the attention it deserves especially with the story that it has we all know why yeah 1997 (laughs) i mean and if you want to be technical about it i guess you can call it southern gothic like that is the subgenre um of horror and there's a lot of like sort of existential dread supernatural which i'm all about that stuff um i don't know if we've we've really started started to talk since i've dived into uh, Woo Wooville and started doing like oracle card reading. Oh, that's stuff, right. Yes, but, no, tell yeah. people because I yeah. thought of you. I thought of you as um, as I was watching uh, Aunt Moselle, who, by the way, that's me in the future. Uh, oh my god, I, <laughs> I strive to be Debbie Moore exactly. I strive to be an Aunt Moselle who just gets married while her husband's. I'm a black widow, but also like I don't have kids. I just take care of my brother's kids. I just strive. I, to be that kind of auntie but yes please tell the people you are what is the correct term for what you do because i don't want to i don't be sensitive well I, I i just say i'm a psychic like i'm it it's not like something that i it kind of probably like came out of the left field for a lot of people but i've had some experiences as many psychics do um awakenings as you will um that just sort of changed my perspective and and open some some things up to me and uh a lot of that nuance that I didn't have back then that was kind of lost on me just it just felt even more real um it felt like it just it 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 hit me like wow like I feel like she is and I don't know how much this is this is based on anyone's like lineage or anyone's like family history or what um but it feels like i don't know like one of those oral histories that would be in your family just that level of sort of truth um that i got from it watching it last night re-watching it last mm-hmm. night uh, just to the level of chills yeah which we're going to talk about right now in the plot because um as we'll see it's this the second sight they call it runs through eve's family all the way back from when they're great 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 grandma was a slave and she healed <laughs> which i i was, we're gonna talk about it but the fact that she healed like the slave master and then gave him 16 kids i'm like girl why <laughs> but but okay you were trying to save your family 
let him go. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we'll get in. We'll get into that. So, Ease by you. I'm gonna go down the the people who are part of this project first, so we can make sure they get their accolades. Um, obviously, directed and written by Casey Lemons, Queen. It, it was produced by Samuel Jackson. He stars in it, and he also helped produce it. So, King, um, starring. Samuel Lynn Whitfield, who is so unbelievably beautiful, and she looks the same. I watched the movie, I was like, she looks, she is not aged. She refuses, which <laughs> she is, and she's one of those people, one of those artists who is missing from a lot of conversations about the greats. I'm like, uh, like our, like the talent, our greats take forever to be recognized in the mainstream. I know I have that rant every time we're on here but miss lynn whitfield i love you you are a legend legend um, we love you yes. so good so and she is she just plays the this mother role this um what is the name of the mother she plays it what is it a uh, Roz so eloquently she is the southern lady and she has this great line that says i thought he was a man who's gonna heal and then i, I got here and i realized he's just a man and i was like oh that hit me right here <laughs> she got me <laughs> that got me um, and then to be alongside with Debbie Morgan. Oh, oh man, just this cast, y'all. Don't understand. Lisa Nicole Carson, Megan Good, Journey Smollett, and Diane Carroll. Yes, as Elzora. The champagne is frozen herself, or the champagne is burnt. <laughs> the champagne is burnt. <laughs> Miss Diane Carroll, rest in peace. I was so shook to see you here. I was like, what? Not Miss yeah. Dallas. <laughs> McQueen. So, I mean, and first of all, your first film, you have all of the, like, at the time, yes, we didn't know Megan Good and Journey were going to be who they are, but we know Samuel, we know Debbie, we know Diane Carroll. So, um, that just goes to show that not only did people trust Casey, but they also, the, the story was good enough for them to say, oh, yes, we, we'd like to be a part of this. Um, yeah. $3 million budget and made $14 million at the box office. That's what we call great. Um, it was distributed by Trimark Pictures and re released in November of 1997. So you guys have to think about that. It, it's a November release, a fall release, which is usually like reserved. It's reserved for dramas. You know, it is. But um, the fact that it made $14 million in all black cast and it's Southern Gothic yeah. is amazing. What were they even doing? Um, and it has a runtime of 109 minutes and it uses every second of that. That's what I loved about watching this film. It's not like there's a couple of scenes that they could have cut. I'm like, they really needed all 109 minutes for the story and it all is connected and it's wonderful. So that's who's a part of this, this awesome film. So now we're gonna go through just the, the Wikipedia plot so we can stop and start and touch on things. There's so much. I wanna start with, it opens with now that I realize I believe is one of Eve's premonitions or, or second sights because it opens with like a pretty, the credits open with a sexy like sex scene, like a little raunchy. I was like, oh, this is how we started the film? This is how we gonna start? Yeah, that little <laughs> montage there. Yeah, the little like montage. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, very neo-noir. It, it was, yeah. So yeah. now that I watched so the many film, genres. I go, oh, that's Eve, Eve knew before she saw. That was really? that was our permission. <laughs> um, which really quick, this film is very, very sexy, first of all. It yeah. does not shy away from sex. 
even with these children actors, it made me a tad uncomfortable. And when we get to the scene, let's talk about it because I want to know. But I'm also looking at a lens of 2020. So like my 2020 lens when it comes to kids and sexuality is obviously a much harsher and less horrible than probably the 1997 lens. I also watched Taxi Driver the first time and was like, what is going on? So <laughs> I'll talk about that when we get there. Um, so the film opens up with Eve. She's a 10-year-old girl. She lives in a prosperous Creole American community in Louisiana, which let's stop right there already because you probably know more about this than I do. But if y'all don't know, Louisiana and Creole people, it's, I love that they're just throwing in Creole language and they don't subtitle or anything. They're just like, y'all, if y'all don't know it, you don't know it. That's fine. But this is, this is how they talk down here. It's French Creole and it's English. No explanations needed. Yes. So my family on, my grandmother on my mother's side is Creole. Um, so I am familiar with, yeah. We, she didn't speak a whole lot of it because everybody sort of migrated. A lot of the family went to Texas. Our part of the family ended up in Philly. So she didn't speak a whole lot of it. Um, but yeah, that was a that was another connection that I had to it. And it's just such a culture that uh, I haven't really seen represented. Uh, right. Except for like the princess and the frog, which we don't talk about. Yeah. They tried. <laughs> but it's also interesting because when you look at Journey, um, I'm sorry, I'll use a character name. When you look at Eve and Cicely, Cicely's dark skin and, and Eve is just basically a Creole redheaded light-skinned but that's how that's why it's important to see films like that because black people are not monolithic that is how black creole families turn out to be you look at beyonce beyonce is straight and solange they're creole descendants but beyonce has that very standard creole that light skin and solange is a little bit darker um that's just all black families especially the black creoles from the south they're a little mix of this and that it's interesting because my family is from belize and they classify their language as Creole, which is like broken English, but there is no French connections to Belize and Scottish. So I always have to like make sure I say it's Southern Creole in the United States. That's different than yeah. Caribbean Creole. Yeah. And then I also believe that that, that Creole spelled K-R-A-Y-O-L is a, a totally different uh, yeah. language. So, you know, you got to specify sometimes. But we're talking about Louisiana. Exactly. We're talking about Louisiana Deep South Creole, which uh, one of my favorite shows to ever air was, um, oh, what's the vampire show with the... Uh, True Blood. True Blood, yeah. And they, they're, they're very Creole. That is very Black Southern Louisiana Creole. And I love everything they did with that. Miss True Blood, miss you. Um, but what an interesting location. I don't know much about Casey Lemon's past. I don't know if she's from Louisiana or if she is Creole, but like what an interesting like demographic to to hone in on. I would love to talk to Casey Lemons one day if she ever stops being great and <laughs> stops being busy. Um, oh, we'll it, it's okay. One day it'll it will uh, you know, it'll, it will feel comfortable having to ask. We'll ask. <laughs> What's your background? Um, so they grow up, they're in this prosperous Creole community. Again, it's prosperous, y'all. Everyone here is like a doctor or a lawyer. And they open up with this party in the house of Roz and her husband, um, Louis. And I love everyone's name is very Creole. Bestie, de quoi. You know, everyone's got that very, like, French Creole 
name. It's all beautiful. I love it. And the clothes and the clothes, the clothes, the clothes, the clothes. I can't, I thought I was like obsessed yes. with Roz's dresses every time I saw her. I was like, this is just, <laughs> I love everything about it. My, my, not the side part. I don't know about you, but my dream, my like, and this shout out to Jeff Howard. Jeff H- Howard asked me once, like, what is your like ultimate fantasy in life? And I, I think he was asking about my career, but I told him, I was like, to live in a wraparound porch in, in, in a, a nice house with wooden fences and to sip iced tea on a rocking chair. That is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, that's not what I meant. <laughs> He's like, you have a simple, simple, <laughs> simple dreams. That is the dream. So seeing Roz, that's just like my aesthetic. Nice, like Southern dress and some flats some mother's pearls, an iced tea, a wraparound porch. Not the cheating husband, but, you know. (laughs) Yeah, the fits were just historic. Oh, my God. The black and white number that Debbie Morgan has on when they're um, in the marketplace, that's just iconic. I love it. She tucks her money in her bra. Yeah. Oh, anyway, we need a... We need uh, to bring the fashion back, please, because I love it. Um, so the, uh, Eve lives in, oh, she's 10 years old in the movie. She lives in this community with her younger brother, Poe. We don't really get to see like a lot of character development for Poe. He's just a younger child, but he's, he's cute. And her older sister, Cicely, in the 1960s. Their parents are Roz and Louie, well-respected doctor in um, the colored community who claims that they descend from French aristocrats who founded this town of East Bayou. And then one night they're having this party. Eve accidentally witnesses her father having sex with Maddie, a family friend. And this scene is so funny to me because, you know, Eve, when we open the movie, we're already, she's the middle child and we definitely get those middle child vibes because she sees Cicely hanging out with her dad and Poe is like, all a mama's boy and she's just kind of in the middle and she runs away in such a middle child fashion to like the cellar um the wine cellar to just I guess be alone and and sulk and it's really sad actually it's really sad and then she catches her daddy doing the nasty yeah it's actually it's the carriage house yeah the carriage Um, house yeah because they got they they got many um they're in the carriage <laughs> this scene is horrible because she wakes up <laughs> she wakes up so she is shook i was like girl you know calm down like she's screaming like she just saw someone get murdered she's like Whoa. yeah it's, it, it's almost comparable to like this is just like me and my office sense of humor uh when uh macaulay Culkin put the aftershave on his face yes and, ah. <laughs> But just that guttural scream, because I'm like, I mean, I don't know, like, what the, so I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not judging, because I don't know what the appropriate reaction right. is to see <laughs> shit like that when you're 10 in 1950, whatever, like, when you just up out your sleep. I don't know. But I'm just saying, the volume, pitch, and length of the scream is kind of Right. I was like, girl, you a little dramatic. Come on. <laughs> Love it though. Her dad having to pick her up and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was just like, oh, okay. You are. And how he like Jedi mind tricked her into like. He's like, it's okay, it's okay. Why are you trying to forget what she saw? I saw like, y'all. She in and I'm apologizing. Like I'm apologizing to her and you, but what? Lord. I was, I was really, um, I was watching. That. I was like, how are they gonna handle this? They gonna make this little girl lie? Cause it's not fair to let little girls 
um, lie on behalf of you. And I already was like, I'm not, I'm not feeling dead. And that's exactly, it was never said, he never said like, no, you can't tell mom or anything, but it was so implied um, just by the way he talked to her. And it was like, I'm going to give you more dances. Don't worry, we're yeah. going to do more dances, which basically means if you keep your mouth shut, we will dance. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he was definitely manipulative. And like, just the fact that he kept seeing the woman after he yeah. got caught. You got caught. And the way like that. she reacted was so calm. She's like, it's okay, Eve. Have a good night. I was like, have, good night. You Girl. are so, you have the audacity, <laughs> lady. But you could tell, you could tell she was, I was like, just the way she was dancing with him. I was like, yeah, um, Roz, do you not see your husband over here? You better than me, lady. There's no way, not in my house. You would be <laughs> all up on my husband in front of my mama and my kids. Oh. And her husband. And her and her <laughs> husband, right. I was like, y'all good with this? Everyone's just good with this. We, we're not going to say anything. Maybe I'm just a petty, a bitter black girl, but it would never happen. Not on my watch. But again, it's the oh. South, right? You have to, it's Southern etiquette. It's very Phaedra Parks to me, Roz. Just like, okay, well. We will handle that in private and we're going to keep a good face on it. But I felt really bad, you know, because um, Eve does reach out to her sister. After the scene with her father, she goes upstairs to tell Cicely. And Cicely says, "Uh uh-uh, let me tell you what you saw. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) You didn't see nothing. (laughs) What? And that gaslighting from your own sister, that's hurtful. That's why I, I wasn't messing with Cicely. I was like, oh, you a snitch and you a goody two shoes and you don't have your sister's back. I was like, why do you like, she just wouldn't believe it. But I also get having a love for your father so much that you don't want to believe the bad things at all. Mm-hmm. I get that. But um, you, you, that first being 10 years old and not being believed that hurts. That hurts my it soul. It does. It does. It hurts. But Eve, Eve's no snitch. <laughs> she after she after Cicely tells her what she thinks she saw, she keeps it to herself. And I can respect a thug. So, <laughs> um, uh, continuing on, it says Cicely, who is very affectionate in relation with her father, convinces Eve that she misinterpreted an innocent moment. The unreliability of memory and observation remain important themes throughout the film. It's true because the film opens up with um, older Eve. I don't know who's the actress who's voicing older Eve, but older Eve saying memory is just... Tamara Tooney. Who is it? Tamara Tooney. Oh, is it? Tamara Tooney, the narrator, yeah. Tamara Tooney, Tamara Tooney from uh, uh, Law & Order, I think it was SVU and others, but uh, and, and Dietland more recently in the red road she just i another another person who deserves their roses you asked you tamaritunary you narrated um, the hell out of that yeah top to bottom just amazing cast and the, the phrase that she says is just like memories fragments of images that you want to believe in and i i love that idea because it's when, it's like when you when you hear um pigs we're gonna say cops cops talk about um, how unreliable eyewitness testimony is because everyone has a different, like, and then people get frazzled, mm-hmm. you get stressed, and you forget, you forget some things. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big theme throughout this, which is why there is that ambiguity between did Cicely get molested or did she kiss her father and and take it another way? Because everyone's memory, and then also does Louis Louis does he remember it right? Because you were drunk, so how is your memory so clear? But anyway, we'll get to that. Um, love that theme though. The summer quickly becomes chaotic and stressful as the best day as the bestie best bestie bestie family. Is- Batiste. Batiste, thank you. As the Batiste family um, gets closer, Eve's relationship with her parents becomes more strained as she discovers more evidence of her father's serial infidelity. So, <laughs> I don't understand. Okay, it's 1960 and it's in the South, so I'm going to give them some grace, but I'm just like, y'all letting this little girl just run wild in this town. <laughs> no adult supervision. She goes on... Um, some trips with her father to visit patients and all of his patients are women that we see. And, yeah. and then he gets to one woman's house and she's like, Oh, can you give me something for the pain? And he just basically tells her to go outside and she does. <laughs> and Lord knows how long he's up there given pain medication, quote, quote. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that summer vitamin D was sold out on all <laughs> shelves thanks to Louis just seems like he he is the worst possible villain ever just like he he is a good doctor we but he is just giving it to all these women in the town and possibly his daughter neglecting his family but still insists he loves Roz and that he'll never leave Roz and she's the most beautiful woman in the world and I'm just like oh what a man if it ain't a man. Mm. It's, I'm just so shy. And this is why, I think maybe the reason why I'm like, you know, just the fact that he wrote that letter and said what he said doesn't mean that Cicely was wrong. Period! Like, Period. Doesn't mean Period. That, yeah. Like, I'm like, because... Why are we taking like, the serial why? cheaters, the liar's opinion? He is the proven liar. He yeah. and the proven liar. Exactly. And I'm also, like, of the opinion, not to get to, you know, put the cart before the horse, so to speak, uh, regarding the plot points, but um, when Moselle touches, when Moselle sees what happens, um, I feel like if she were missing, if, I feel like if it were a matter of it being misinterpreted or something like that i think it would have uh i don't know no i see what you're saying i know you're saying we trust moselle her mother even says in the movie she may be crazy but all of her visions come true all of them moselle saw you do it you did it ain't no ambiguity to it like i and now i'm 100 percent on cicely's side thank you for pointing that out because moselle it's never explained. It's never shown in the movie, but it's it's implied that Moselle knows of the accusations, not because um, Eve tells her, because you know Cicely and Eve go shh, they keep the secret. But Moselle is yeah. is a second sight, and she figures it out either through a touch or a vision or something, and then she accuses her brother, um, and he basically writes the letter to say that's not true. This is what happened. Moselle is not wrong. We know she's a lot of things. Definitely a black widow. 
Um, she's definitely misogynistic in the sense that she threatens to kill her niece if she rats on her brother, which is crazy, but she's not wrong when it comes to her visions. So I 100% agree with what you're saying. There is no, we've been established from the beginning that Moselle's visions are true and sound. And if she says she saw her brother do this, he did that shit. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, because especially with the way that scene is played, right? Usually when it happens, Moselle touches the person and we can kind of tell that she's getting more information. In this scene, she touches Eve, like barely, and then kind of like withdraws. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then she says, I can't remember exactly, I wish I wrote that line in the dialogue that she says down. Like something like, oh, well, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to, or right. something like that. So it's kind of, it, 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 it's like a, I've seen enough, I guess. I got it, um, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like if she, if there wasn't something to question, she might she wouldn't broach the topic at all. Exactly. And she's been her brother's number one supporter through the whole film, even through all his cheating and all his lying. Um, she has been on his side. She would never have accused him if she thought, if she had a moment to even say like, you know, no, that's not true. That's my brother. I don't think she would have even brought that up just to stress him out. I think she knows it's true, which makes me sad because Aunt Moselle is one of my favorites, but it's also like, you knew this was true. How dare you not go help them children? Like, you just gonna keep that quiet? You gonna write a letter and that's it? That's crazy. And that, oh my goodness, generational curses, that kind of stuff, um, you know, which a lot of families have experience with keeping that shit, sweeping that shit under the rug due to oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, <clears throat> How we protect our uncles. We all joke about oh, it on Twitter and the yes. Black community on Black Twitter. Our uncles are all the uncles. When the uncle look at you that way at Thanksgiving, it's not funny because it's true. There is a certain protection in a lot of families when it comes oh, to Lord. some of our, our men, our Black men in our families, especially. We gotta, I mean, we gotta, it, it, it's because who ends up harmed? Black children. So whoever is harming our children got to be called to the carpet. And obviously we're not saying it's, it's just you or your, you know, your numbers are high. Obviously not. It's just we got to speak on all these things we're going to heal as a community. And that, sweeping that shit under the rug for generations, I'm not going to air out all my business on a podcast, but I'm going to just say, I'm speaking from a place of knowing what the fuck I'm talking about. That's something we got to squash in 2020. That's something we got to squash in 2019. That's something sure. we should, you know, we expeditiously go back in time and fix that shit. Cause I will say it too, not to air out my family stuff, but we dealt <laughs> with a situation like this where family yeah. members wanted to protect another family member and it's usually the millennials of the family going, no, 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 we're not, we're not, we're going to stop that right now. Yeah. We're not going to continue yeah. that legacy of protecting them. It's, and to connect this, and y'all going to say, how you can connect this, this, because it all works. It's all black women in this film, except for Louis, and then obviously um, Maddie's husband, pretty much, and then a few other side pieces. The women in this film protect Louis so 
much from his daughter to his wife to his sister. It reminds me of the Megan Thee Stallion situation when she was got shot by oh, Tory Lanez and then said on it. she didn't want to tell the cops because she knew the chances of him getting harmed as a black man were great. And as a black woman, we always, always, always shield our black men from things like that. And who ends up hurt is us at the end of the day. So this film, whether it knew it or not, is connected to everything that we're talking about now in 2020, just about being black women and this protectiveness, this, this not even the protective, it, it's the responsibility that we feel to protect black men, even when those we're protecting are not servicing us and they're hurting us and harming us. I'm so mad. We need a remake, Casey Lemons, please. <laughs> Shit, I was thinking a series, a follow-up right. series. Look, I'm at Gersh, I'm at Roar, hit me up, Miss Casey, okay? We Putting can it out that. there, please. But... <laughs> I don't think Casey Lemons is online, but find her, tag her. Um, Chris is at Gersh. We need a, we need the television series. We need to deep dive into this family history. <laughs> we need to do it because there's so much to unpack there. Uh, anyway, let's move on because we could really deep dive into that. Um, so Eve's relationship with her parents becomes more strange. She discovers more evidence of her father's ser and serial infidelity. Sicily comes into conflict with both her sister and mother as she enters puberty and tries to navigate the difficult transition to adulthood, particularly with regard to her appearance and sexuality. Um, let's stop right here. That scene, there, okay, so basically, to catch y'all up, Aunt um, I want to say Aunt Gazelle, but that's not her name. Aunt Moselle. Moselle. <laughs> she has a vision at, that some kid is going to get hit by a bus. And she can't tell who the kid is, but because um, Roz got her fortune told by the incomparable Diane Carroll just moments earlier, they all they connected that it must be Roz's children. So Roz makes the decision that the kids are going to stay in the house. They're going to stay in the house. They cannot leave the house. Whew, girl, when I tell you, Miss Cicely is going through it. She ends up leaving the house in the rain. She goes to visit her dad, and then she goes to the salon, and she cuts off all her hair and comes yes. back <laughs> with the, the bob of the century, and she looks just like her mama. So the casting director really did that because yeah. Miss Megan Good and Miss Lynn Whitfield did look like mother and daughter, like spitting images. Oh, yeah. And oh, that, yeah. when I saw that, I said, something is wrong with this bitch. <laughs> like she cut her hair she's 14 in the movie and she's looking like a young wife and she's acting like a young wife she's she tells her mother during the breakfast scene are you crazy how are you not gonna stand by your man and i was i was screaming chris at the tv like beat her ass beat her ass ross <laughs> do it for me she uh it, it, here's here here's the thing, and I'm I'm actually really glad they didn't actually go the corporal punishment route because we see that all the time, and I'm like, no matter what, like something is wrong with it. And I and I really I I think he I'm full disclosure I think he actually did the shit. Um, but like even if it were a situation where like she was confused or what, like that's some we need to talk this shit out. And 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 get to the bottom of it, kind of kind of shit. Not like a you know, let me let me let me slap you. She does slap her. Um, she which, eventually does uh, get slapped. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not surprised. 
But um, I mean, and of course, this this child going through it, she don't risk her life to get a damn blowout that has been raining on. The- <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I said you couldn't wait till the sun was out. Like you went to spend money to get a blowout, and then she took her her raincoat off. I was like, it's fucked up. <laughs> As a mom, I would have been—I <laughs> would have been more like, "How much did you? How much did you pay? What did you pay? Um, <laughs> more to out. You sweated. How much? First things first. How much was the press out? Because uh, it's gone, baby. It's gone. You couldn't even make it home, and this shit is messed up. I was like, "Girl, you did this big reveal, thinking these, <laughs> like, and your shit is done." <laughs> and that's how you know you're a child because a grown woman would have said it's raining outside let me wait until thursday when the sun is out so (laughs) my press out (laughs) um poor baby she just wanted so hard but that's it 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 really and up until then i was like there this relationship and i didn't have a father in the household yeah so of course i'm speaking from a place maybe i don't know maybe this is how daddy and daughters work but i always as I was watching the movie, I went, they're too close in a weird way. Like, she's like, what kind of drink would you like, sir? She's making her daddy drinks when he comes home from work. Um, um, treating him like that's her husband. Like, she, she's treating her father like that is her husband, the way she's standing up for him. How could you? What'd you make? He works so hard. I was like, whoa, that's not normal. He sh- and that's, and that's, what, that's what I'm saying. He should have drew them boundaries. He should have drawn the boundaries, but because he is a narcissist, that kind of he's addicted to that kind of uh, attention, attention from from women, women. and now a, you know a a girl, his daughter. Um, he yeah, he's it's weird. <laughs> he just wants, yeah, he just doesn't care where it comes from. If his wife's not giving to it, and his daughter is sure, and that's why I really believe. Cecily, especially because at that breakfast scene table, grandma was like, um, girl, I will slap the taste out of your mouth if you keep talking like to your mama like that. And he goes, do not threaten my daughter in my presence. And he goes, wait a second. She says the same thing to me. <laughs> you don't. And you don't say nothing. That's what I knew. I was like, that's weird. That's weird. <laughs> like, yeah. You are sticking up for your daughter to your own mother. Like, that's your wife. And that is strange to me, sir. Again, I didn't grow up with a father in the house, though. Maybe it's different. Y'all, if y'all have daddies in the house, let me know. I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, I met my dad in my 20s. I'm not going to lie. And we have a very close relationship. Um, But, like, and and everybody's family is different. Everybody shows affection differently. But um, when there's a boundary issue, it's very clear. (laughs) clear. (laughs) And it's just, it's been, it was kind of clear from jump. Um, yes especially like you know they're dancing I and mean, the dancing is fine right like you dance with your daughter but i get eve's point too it's just like well you never dance with me in public um you dance with M- maddie and cecily so what does that mean <laughs> yeah right? um, it's it's all very weird i will say in i love seeing that scene though when Roz does stand up for herself and she says when you old enough God hoping one day you'll have a family and children until then this is my house because the relationships between black mothers and daughters is very, very fragile. I say this all the time. I say this, especially to my sister's boyfriend, if she's listening, I'm sorry to air you out, but to my sister's fiance, actually, sorry, my sister's on fiance. 
um, whenever he tries to get involved when my sister and my mother are fighting, I say, stay out of it, sir. It's a complicated relationship. They're going to be out to lunch in two hours and you're going to look <laughs> stupid. So just stop it. Like, um, I, loved, I loved watching the complicated relationship between Roz, who she really, really does love her children, and oh, Cicely. Yeah. And Cicely, who's really just trying to figure out she's becoming a woman, she's got her period, um, and she's just obviously being groomed to be this wife that she has no business being. It's just such an interesting film. Gosh dang. And and there's an and there's another, it's also, it feels like a cultural commentary, right? Because truth be told, in that era, we were grooming girls in of that age to be wives. Yep, we were sure. like, here, you know, play in the kitchen. Here's this baby doll. Like, learn how to, here's home ec, learn how to cook, learn how to sew. You're, you know, you, if you're going to college, it's to get a husband. Yep. Like, it, so I, it, again, it, it, not to touch on like my nerdy uh, college paper shit, but taking it back to that book, uh, Nervous Conditions, um, I actually, I, I ended up writing a paper about this weird um, simultaneous, like, uh, forcing us to grow up fast but also in infantilizing us at the same time if you are a black woman femme someone who identifies with feminine and, and is black um there's this very weird sort of struggle like you know like um you know you're 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 a child stay in a child's place but at the same time like we're grooming you <laughs> to spend oh, absolutely. adulthood in this predetermined way absolutely especially it still stems now like black young black girls are are still being groomed to be more adult than they should be we expect because physically and this is science y'all this isn't just me spewing physically black girls mature a lot faster than any other race and and in terms of our our breasts or our, our bodies growing um, and our and just our mentality of the world, we're, we're raised to be very strong. We're raised to be very aware. And this whole idea of like this this little black girl who can't be a little girl, what, as opposed to Eve, who's just this little girl, she's having a good summer. She's trying to have a good summer of being ten years old. But Cicely being forced to just be an adult because that's what we expect, especially from dark skinned black girls. We always put this like sexual agenda on them to be more adult than they are, just because of their skin and their bodies, especially when you come a little bit curvier. Um, such a good, I don't even know if Casey wanted to touch on that, but we found it. <laughs> it's such a good, interesting commentary because it's not fair that, you know, you'll see someone um, at the same age, a white girl playing Me Megan Good's role is this sweet, innocent little girl. But you see Megan Good playing this role and you're like, oh, I, I, I had to tell myself, honestly, Chris, that she was 18 in my head during those kissing scenes with Samuel Jackson because I was very, very, very uncomfortable. I don't know what the actual age Megan Good was. Yeah. I would like, I mean, in the way, the way that it looked, I'm sure that like no actual contact was made. Like you could tell when they sort of cut away that looked like a different, there was like, because they had her on his lap for like the more innocent, like daddy thing. And then when they went back and were doing it, sort of, you know, what probably actually happened, 
um, there was this little insert where they're sort of facing like front, but she's obscured. Yeah, she's, yeah and she's I'm like, pretty sure. Yeah, they. I'm I'm pretty sure they use the a double. A body, I hope um, so. But seeing seeing that was it was very jarring. Um, yeah, because Samuel, 1997, he's what 60-something now. He's definitely well into his 40s at that time. He's a grown, he's a grown man. Yeah, but I'm certain for that second, or at least I what makes sense to me. If 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 you know, let us know. Let us know. Um, let us know. But that's what it looked like. What it worked out because there's a it was a small moment but I clocked it too because I for two reasons I clocked it for the first reason because I said oh that's very organic and natural but there's a small moment where Journey um where Eve kisses her father on the lips after she catches him with the woman it's just a very small like kiss on the lips which is normal right I I used to do it with my mother my brothers used to do it with their father when they're kids it's something you do with your kid but um, I clocked it for one, two reasons. The first, oh, that's organic and that's natural and that's such a daddy-daughter thing to do. But also, that is not his real-life daughter and how awkward would that be for me to be on set as a 10-year-old and having to kiss this grown-ass man? <laughs> oh, I didn't even see that one in the like in the carriage house where he's got her face up. They actually like peck on the... Yeah, yeah. When they're having a conversation outside the car, outside the house on the car, and he just mm-hmm. says, give daddy a kiss, and she kisses him on the lips. And it's very brief. It's not sexual at all because it's supposed to be a daddy-daughter thing, but yeah. it just... Yeah, peep- yeah my family does that. When right. Dad, so. We yeah. all do that, but it piqued my interest because I'm like, that's an actress. That's a young actress, and that's a grown-ass man. <laughs> and... Uh, I again, I'm I'm watching this movie as a 30 year old through the lens of like Harvey Weinstein and F. Oh yeah, for sure. And just like would never fly today. They would boycott the hell out of this movie for some of the scenes that are in it today. But um, I think it was very necessary to have moments like that. I also feel like the scenes, the scenes, yeah, they they would be handled differently today. There's more than 20 years, I think. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, it's uh, there. It's it's uncomfortable, but it never feels salacious. Perfect. Or, it, yeah, that's a perfect way to describe it. Right, and you can tell because it's it's case of a woman's directing. I feel like you're right. It doesn't ever feel like this is smut or this is meant to turn anyone on. It's supposed yeah. to be like this is uncomfortable. This is not it's, okay. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. You're supposed to talk about it. Um, I think arguments could be made that maybe today, especially since we're we're more conscious of this, that some of the scenes could be triggering. Um, more than anything, I I think if, if you have experience with something like that, that's what. I, and I, you know, maybe we can put a a, a a trigger, a content warning, or something. Yeah, we're definitely gonna. I'm gonna record one separately. Um, uh, again, because I went into this movie, I didn't know what it was about. I had no idea it was this heavy on uh, sexual assault. And yeah. so I'm sorry if uh, you guys are listening to it and we're drudging up some stuff, but uh, there will be a trigger. I will definitely put a trigger warning on the on the top. Um, uh, to go back into the story, um, first of all, this Wikipedia plot summary sucks. I apologize, you guys. I obviously didn't write it, but it's definitely one of the worst written ones. So if you are <laughs> a fan of this movie, please go back and edit it. It's awful. Um, because we're skipping around so much. So Eve seeks refuge in her Aunt Moselle, the cool aunt, that's me. I'm going to be the witch aunt that has no children. <laughs> plants 
and just dates a lot of men and, and is a widower, probably, um, who works as a psychic counselor and has three husbands who've all died violently. In the beginning of the movie, she, you know, her, her husband gets into a car accident, but I'm actually unclear about this, Chris. Was she in the car? Because she took the key to drive him home. Yeah, I believe so. I The way I always saw it was that Moselle was driving the car and because this would be I think especially painful to narratively she was driving the car they got in an accident and he was harmed but she wasn't right right um okay so I'm thinking that I'm thinking that's what happened and that would definitely like be like that kind of universal irony that'd be like yeah there's a curse um, which in the whole, you know, being cursed and not being able to bear children thing, that's kind of, you know, played and I would not want to perpetuate that in 2020. Um, but yeah. the, the curse of her husband yeah. is definitely a, a separate thing, but they do try and like, have a, but she does keep one though, right? She, well, she gets a man. She, she just yeah. won't marry him. She won't marry yeah. him. It's, smart. it's interesting. Like you said, it's like the her her whole idea of being cursed because she can't keep a man or have a baby. And I'm like, that's such a 1997. I think, Moselle, you're living the dream, bitch. <laughs> you're kidless, you look stress-free, you're happy, you're beautiful, you're dating. <laughs> like, that sounds like a cherry, that sounds like a good-ass deal to me. Thank you for the curse. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a curse. that's a blessing. You need to take it as it goes, Moselle. Um, so... Uh, but poor baby, you know, it's important to her, I guess, you know, she has some terrible luck with husbands. Um, um, so Eve, who's predominantly, or sorry, Eve, who has a premonitory dream shortly before the accident occurs, is told by Moselle that she has the gift of second sight and it runs in her family. So now we know that's, that's why Eve is so connected to her aunt because they actually have the, the sight, um, the gift that runs through the family. Um, Moselle's gift also brings her in direct conflict with uh, Elzora, Diane Carroll, a fortune teller oh. uh, who is a possible witch with similar abilities. And it's so funny because when Roz and um, uh, Moselle go to the farmer's market, which I love this little Creole farmer's market. It makes me so happy. Um, and they see um, Diane Carroll, Miss, what is her correct name? El Elzora. El Thank you. They see Elzora. Man. <laughs> Moselle gets her shade on. She's like, uh-uh, she's a fraud. Mm -mm. I, I know. <laughs> psychic, no psychic. And Moselle does not like... They're beefing. Yeah, they're beefing. I was like, girl, there's only like, how many psychics can there be in the town? Y'all need each other. Like, y'all don't have to compete. <laughs> you know, you can come together and make a good business. You don't know. This is the Nikki versus Remy of fucking Eve's body. Like... Randy and Monica. <laughs> <laughs> premium shit that's a question for you though as a psychic do you go to other people to get a reading um yes and no sometimes i will watch readings on youtube like for my mm -hmm. sign um and it, it is good for psychics to go to other people for readings um because they may have perspective that you know we don't have and you're meant to interact with others you're meant to give and take emotionally Mm -hmm. um if you are someone who is given this gift um a lot of us want to withdraw but the way this is set up you're not really allowed to um so yeah you uh you you get your 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 insight where it comes and sometimes you'll just get messages in a conversation 
Interesting. And you'll know, like, oh, noted, got you. Can you smell a fake as a psychic? <laughs> I don't want to say yes or no definitively. It's just that sometimes I'll get vibes. And even if I'm just like, you know, browsing videos on YouTube or trying to, you know, see people uh, to follow on social media, I'm like, mm, no, like I'm getting like some, mm, no, nah, not for me. And sometimes that's more just like we don't vibe. And sometimes that's, you know, I'm getting a little fraud vibe. And sometimes that's some old, like, you're, some shit's just off with you. Like, you just got some bad in Right. I'm not going to lie to you. I've always, always, always wanted my fortune told, but I am terrified. I'm like, you're going to pull out three devil angels, and I'm going to know. That's it. That's it. That's my time. <laughs> well, I, I do oracle cards, though. So it's just, just pretty pictures of animals. So, girl, you... Come see me. Step into my I'm office. So terrified. I'm just like <laughs> it, it would be me. It would be the start of a horror film where you like you put the cards over. You go. That's enough for today. Like what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're gonna just. Uh, I'll see you next week. <laughs> that would be me. I'm terrified. But but Moselle basically says um, Elzora is a fraud, which is the first time she's actually, I don't think she thinks she's a fraud. I think she doesn't like her. I think she knows she's actually a real deal. Because if she doesn't, then this is the first time Moselle is wrong. Yeah. Because Ozella, uh, Elzora is not a fraud. She she knows her stuff. Um, mm-hmm. When asked for a reading by Roz, Elzora implies that there's an unexpected solution to her problem will arise, but we'll wait and have to look at her children in the meantime. She tells her you gotta wait three years, and Roz is like, three years before I can be happy? And she's like, yeah, three years. Um, and then when Moselle grudgingly makes a similar request, Azora cruelly tells her that she's a black widow. All her future husbands will have the same fate as the previous ones. They're all going to die. Um, and again, she's not wrong. And I know Moselle knows that she's not wrong. Um, so she just doesn't like this lady. She just doesn't like her. That's okay. We're not meant to like everyone in life. Anyway, meanwhile, Eve is frustrated by her father's infidelity, and she begins to act out. She starts slanging the word goddammit around the house. (laughs) (laughs) I love those She's like, get out the goddamn bed! (laughs) It's crazy. And I was just like, as, you know, my family's not from the South. They're Creole. I mean, they're Caribbean. Um, But I'm 30, and I still can't say goddamn in front of my mother or my grandmothers without very much being slapped across the face so i'm just watching this little girl living through her like what's it like what's it like favor to be able to curse in front of your family and live to tell the story <laughs> teach me lady <laughs> she's brave <laughs> i can never i remember one time not to sidetrack i went to my friend's house her name was stephanie she's a white girl we were in middle school and she was in the living room and she said to her mother shut up bitch uh-huh. and I what? was like I can't hang out with you no more <laughs> like, and I stopped I stopped going to her house I was like and her mom's just like I'm sorry I watched her yes her mom apologized and I was just oh like, my god I was like let me try that at home with my mom yeah right I'll be on the milk car in the morning <laughs> till this day I don't mess like that with my mom she terrifies me um <laughs> Harry. Um, so uh, Cicely begins to behave strangely as well. She's isolated herself in the family after experiencing her first period. Now look, 
there's a scene in this movie where Cicely is on the couch and 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 Roz and Louise are there and Roz is basically saying she's not eating, she's not talking. And I was really, 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 really frustrated with Roz at this moment because I am not a mother, but I know and you're not eating or talking, it's more than just a period. Something oh, yeah. is up. And for you to yeah. not have that second sight of just the intuition as a mother and not looking at your husband, your husband, to go, wait a second, why is she different all of a sudden around you? That made me very mad with Roz. It's the way that they went from buddy, buddy, best friends, and to she's ignoring this man, she doesn't want to see him. That should have been your first clue that something's up with your daughter. Yeah. So Roz and I had beef at this point. Because I was like, how are you not seeing these signs? This is, your, this is your oldest daughter. This is, if anything, my mom always talks about the connectivity between the oldest. This is the one mm. you should be connecting to and pay attention to. Because um, she is going through a time. So, sorry. I got really passionate about that. Because Roz made me upset. No, I get it. And it's just quite like, and this is not the first time I think that uh, Lynn Whitfield has played one of those characters. I can't, I, I, like, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was like a Tyler Perry movie or something where her daughter had been molested and she had swept it under. I think it was a Tyler That sounds movie. like a Tyler Perry movie. I can't, but like, <laughs> and she, and, and she was, she was like, well, we don't talk about that. Yes, um, I, and I feel yes, and I, I feel like something similar happened on Greenleaf too. Um, but you know, those I can understand why an actor would be drawn to those kinds of roles because it happens so frequently, so frequently in people's families, like in those older generations. In particular. Right, they blaming the young woman. Oh, don't wear shorts around. Oh my god! Yeah, you gotta wear a bra in your own fucking house. You gotta wear a bra. You gotta wear long (laughs) pants um, to protect. So these men don't look at you, and you're like, "Wait, what? Shouldn't you be talking to these men?" Yeah, I couldn't sit a certain way in my own living room. Right. Don't sit with your legs open. Cross your legs because you don't want to. And I'm just like, that is so backwards to me. It's disgusting, and that's why I was disgusted with Roz in this scene because she was like, "If you want to leave, you know." You can leave and we won't judge you. And then when Cicely says she wants to leave, she goes, okay, well, it's all set. Bitch, your daughter is leaving. There is something wrong. There is something really, really, yeah. really wrong in this situation. She wants to get out of the house and you know it's not because of you. So you need to look at your husband and really mm. pay attention. Why does a 14-year-old girl want to voluntarily leave the only home she's known? Yeah, child. Exactly. wrong. And and only person who sees that is Eve. The only person, she goes upstairs to her sister, please, please tell me what's wrong. I'm begging you. Something's not right. Is it me? And that's when they actually have this really, which is so sweet. It makes me miss my sister. Yeah. Being your sister's keeper, you know, they make this pact to, so she doesn't tell. And the first thing Eve says is, I kill him. I kill him. Yeah. Eve's a ride or die. I love Eve. Eve's a ride or die. That is her father. And she Im- immediately goes to, I'm a kill him. <laughs> That's and that's another reason why I connected to this movie so much as a kid because I was I think I was around her age uh, or just marginally younger when I saw it like still that young but like an old soul which you know she's psychic she's an old soul too and I definitely the way that character uh, acts um, and I had a very similar relationship with my sister who's nine years older um, 
where you you know the there, there's an age difference but if you are here to be a healer and protector that doesn't matter you know? right yeah it doesn't and it's just interesting because Eve never questioned Cicely's story she automatically believes yeah. her which Cicely did not grant that same grace to Eve when she told her story but it doesn't matter she mm-hmm. automatically believes her big sister um and automatically it's like it's on sight as soon as I see this nigga (laughs) I'm gonna murder him and I was like that's that's just an epitome of what a sister is like they fought there was a scene where moments earlier Cicely wanted to choke the hell out of Eve (laughs) I know about that shit too that's what sisters do I was looking at the scene like girl you got off easy my sister used to my sister one time was so mad at me. We were fighting. I was running from her. She busted like through a window. Like she punched a hole. She's gonna laugh when she ever hears this. She <laughs> punched a hole through the screen door window and it broke because she was trying to get to me. Like oh. <laughs> Hulk smashing shit. <laughs> Nobody fights like sisters, okay? They get down, but did you know what? When you need them. They are there. They are ride or die. I remember one time my sister and I got in a huge fight in front of our friend EJ. He was here and he was like, what is it? Like, we were yelling, throwing things. I went upstairs and separate myself. EJ comes knocking on my door 10 minutes later. She can't breathe. She's not breathing. My sister, it was during the fires of 2018 and the mm-hmm. smoke was so bad. My sister has severe asthma. So she was inhaling all the smoke and the stress from us fighting. Her lungs started closing up. And she was not breathing. And we had literally, y'all, just been into a fight. We were throwing things at each other. I grabbed my sister, and we went to the hospital, and I didn't leave her side. Because that is my, I was still pissed at her. I was throwing shade at her the whole time. Like, you need oxygen, don't you? Can't breathe. Look at your God punished you for being rude. (laughs) (laughs) That's my sister. (laughs) That is my baby. So... I love this scene between Megan and Journey, and they also did Roll Bounce together years later, but I need them to also do um, an E Bayou sequel, like a follow-up, where they go back to the house as adults, and it's the ghost of their dad. I'm just pitching ideas, Casey Lemons. Um, And they're two sisters, and they got a vanquish to ghost together. I need them to come back, because I I enjoy them. Yeah, because they, as good as they were in 1997. Even better now. They're looking amazing. I love them both. And Megan Good, especially, I really want to love on her, especially because she really, really gets left out of these conversations. She does. And she has had projects that I've noticed that I'm like, yeah, my girl's only got like like a lead role. Like RIP Minority Report. Like I fucked with that show hardcore. Megan Good, Lee Jun Lee was good. Um, But (laughs) like that show got canceled. The Intruder. the Intruder in- came out two years ago, and I saw it in theaters. It was a good ass, yeah. I saw that. And it yeah. was a good-ass thriller, and Megan did that. And I was just like, so why aren't we, like, I'm sorry, y'all missing out. I When that movie came out, I was his biggest fan. I was like, y'all need to go see this movie. It's a good thriller. It serviced very well. I don't understand why it's not doing well. I mean, I know why. But um, Megan was brilliant in it. <laughs> yeah, like, she is so, like good at conveying vulnerability like you know how all these directors be like well I casted this white person because they were so vulnerable I'm like we can do that too bitch like she's been like she's so good please give Megan Megan good her flowers please give Give her 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 flowers more and more I don't I it makes me sad when I see 
I, it makes me sad to think about, we've come so far, but all of the black women, especially who missed their chance because we didn't get as far as we could have as soon as we could have. Um, so I love what's happening for Journey. I want the same to happen for Megan. She deserves it. Diane Carroll, RIP, she should have got more while she was here. Casey Lemons is a whole Oscar nominated director and we don't even talk about her. Again, there is no Ava DuVernay and there is no Mia DaCosta. There is no Shardy Sellers. There's no Chris Courtney Martin without Casey Lemons. Um, it's crazy how many yeah, people her don't And know. Julie Dash too. Yes. It's crazy how many people, when I ask them well, who their favorite female director is, and it's always, and this is no shade, but it's shade. Greta Gerwig, well, she just started directing two years ago. What the fuck is wrong with y'all? <laughs> like, where are your other people? <laughs> like, I, and again, not yeah. to say you can't, your favorite director can't have just started two years ago. No shade to Greta Gerwig, but I always go, when you talk about female directors, Casey Lemons is never, ever, ever brought up into the fold. It's always... It's Greta Gerwig, it's um, Sofia Coppola, obviously Ava, and I'm just like, how are we bypassing her? How? And you know, I like I talk about her in meetings. I'm like, you know, as far as like inspiration and stuff, and and, and people that I consider like my former. I'm like, how? And it's just, it's like, how do you not? How do you not know? <laughs> how do you not know? You're in the movie you, business. You say you're in the you? movie business and you're in the horror space and you're in development and you don't know Eve's Bayou. Like this movie is so quintessential. I and I've never seen anything like it since. And I'm saying yeah. that as someone who watched it for the first time, I've never seen another movie like this since. In the sense that there is just a black community, there's no white people involved. We don't have we don't even talk about racism in this film. It's not even yeah. one of the themes. <laughs> like, yeah. They're just black people who are living their lives in this community and they're going through so many other things, but racism isn't there's not one mention of it. Not one. And I've never seen another movie like that since. Yeah, Ma, so get out. They're all touch on race, and my and my stuff touches 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 on race, too, and my stuff but, too. <laughs> yeah, but it's like yeah, the stuff that gets the response because it's exactly. like, well, yeah. you know, for the social horror, I get it, but like, why do I need you to tell a regular story? Exactly, <laughs> like, and people don't realize. It's expected. Like, people don't want to say that. It's you know what I'm saying? Annoying. Yes. Like, and I say regular in quotes. Like, you know, <laughs> like, and that's the attitude that people take and don't even fucking consciously realize that's where they're coming from. But I don't. Right. No, no, you're, you're right. We both know as horror writers, as Black female horror writers, we go into these meetings and people want us to pitch us their our get outs and that's what they want to see because that's what's doing very well now and it's no shade to get out it, it's it cultural reset same thing lovecraft country the idea of dealing with jim crow south and horror elements is brilliant but at the same time i'm with chris i just want to tell a horror story eve bayou does that perfectly when we don't have to deal with white people and the whiteness and white constructs and white supremacy it's just like let's there's so many other things for us to be afraid of Racism is one of them things that's the biggest thing. But um, one day, Chris, we may be able just to get to write a goddamn story with Black people. Sure and it's not seen so. as like a Black movie and whatever. That was our little tangent. We're going to continue. <laughs> we love taking small breaks to talk about the frustrating industry that we work in. Um, 
So Cicely, you know, is come, you know, now we're gonna get into the scene. Uh, another trigger warning. We're gonna, I'm gonna dive deep into this this scene as well. Cicely tells Eve the story uh, about her father that basically after he had an argument with their mother, he was drunk. She gave him an innocent kiss on the cheek. You know, we mentioned it before. Daddy daughters do that. Mother sons do that. Sons fathers do that. You know, I, I remember they made a big deal out of. Um, Tom Brady doing it to his son and I was like oh my god you guys are so stupid that's just what parents do to their young children and it's innocent and you're looking at it really grossly but she gave him an innocent kiss and then in her version he goes back in and they really start making out like making out making out um and it's really, really uncomfortable to watch this scene. And I'm really hoping Chris is right that they did use a, a body double because Miss Megan Good looks every inch of 14 in this movie. And Mr. Samuel looks every inch of 40 in this movie, which is crazy. Think about their age gap because now Megan is like 40. <laughs> so um, that's, it is really crazy to think about that now. But, you know, and, and, and then he pushes her off. He slaps her away, I guess. And the look in her eyes, I think she's more confused about the kiss, but also offended that she was slapped by her father, which just, she slapped by her mother and slapped by her father. She is not having a good week, honestly. <laughs> so um, when you watch, like, first of all, how old were you when you watched this film? How old was I? It had to be like 99 because it came oh out on HBO after it was here. So I had to be like... You were young. Yeah. Your mom and I didn't let you watch this film. My, I mean, well, I had an, again, I had an older sister. Oh. Um, and like, you know, my mom would be busy cooking or cleaning or whatever. So like, as long as it wasn't something that was explicitly like, you know, oh, a bunch of raunchy shit, like that I can hear from the kitchen, then I could pretty much watch whatever I wanted, which is how Dang. I developed my taste. Nice. Um, as, as a young artiste portrait of an artist. I can't be, a, a, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that at eight years old, what it was like to watch. I, again, I'm watching it through a lens of a 30 year old woman who in 2020 with Epstein and wine hmm. scene, or Epson and Weinstein, sorry, getting my molesters confused. Um, <laughs> um, going, this is uncomfortable. This is absolutely wrong. Um, and then that, but as an eight-year-old, you said, what, do you remember what you felt when you watched that? I mean, well, first of all, I was just kind of blown away by the cinematicness of it and the supernatural um, elements of it and I did even at that age really identify with you know some of the themes because I had already been aware of how they were affecting my family I'd already had those conversations like don't be you know don't be alone with xyz mm -hmm. um <laughs> you know so I had already I already felt seen by this film you know I don't think I fully even know why I did at the time which a lot of my my faves that I, I still stand by today were like that and that's so interesting that is crazy to think of I to I, I again I don't want to drudge up anything for anyone but I remember growing up my mother never let my sister and I stay at anybody's house none of our friends yeah. they could all come to our house 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, sleepovers every weekend. Our house. Oh yeah, I didn't have sleepovers. I couldn't go. Back <laughs> we could not go to anyone else's house. Yeah. It didn't matter how long we knew them as a family. I'm talking about cousins too. She would not play. If you're not going to your cousin's house. You're gonna go stay right here because my mother. Um, she's very open about this now. She was molested by an uncle when she was a young child, and she always wanted to protect us from that. And I can say she did. She 100 did. Um, through the skin of her teeth, she really, really protected us from that. So we were shielded from a lot. We didn't go to other people's houses and she didn't let us watch a lot of things because she was just so worried um, about us succumbing to what she had to go through as a child. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to see it now because with my brother, she does the same thing. Like I have twin brothers that are 16 years old. They don't spend a night at no one's house. Everyone comes over to our house. <laughs> like, And I get that. Yeah, I get it too. And I probably do the same thing as a mother, honestly. Y'all can come rock and roll over here, stay all you want. Like our house always had kids in it. It never was em- uh, empty. It was always loud. And I would beg and scream and murder to go spend the night at my girlfriend's house. No. So, <laughs> answer is no. Um, she just always wanted to know her kids were under her roof. and Yeah. Say shout out to my house. <laughs> um, all right, so we're winding down here. So Eve get here's the news about her sister Cicely, and immediately she is like, it's on site. She goes to the marketplace where previously before she tries to steal a pineapple, which is it's a funny scene to me because I'm just like, I never took Eve for a robber. I didn't why are you stealing this pineapple girl? Like I'm just so confused. She's just really acting out. Because he was point. being rude. Because he was being rude. This is, and this is why I fucks with Eve. I want to know where her birth chart is. <laughs> I'm feeling a little Scorpio. I'm on the cusp. I'm yeah. Libra Scorpio cusp. Because I, I fucks with Eve. She said, excuse me, sir. How much is this pineapple? He acted like he didn't hear Shorty. So Shorty said, excuse me, sir. How much is this pineapple? His ignorant ass replied, 25 cents. You want it or not? So she took it. She no, she, she didn't just take it. She said, that's too much. And she's <laughs> dying. She said, that's too much. <laughs> and she snatched it and ran. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, girl, that was the funniest. I was dying. Oh, you know what's also funny, too? To go back, because... Casey's funny. I, I hope she actually does more comedies because she writes very funny. And the scene with Cicely when she's revealing her like messed up due to her mother, she goes, mm. and I had to cross the train tracks to get here and I didn't get hit. Smack. <laughs> she literally- I was, I was, <laughs> that was, I'm not gonna lie. And like, I'm very anti-corporal punishment, but the timing was impeccable. The okay. timing was impeccable. And I was also hung up on the fact that this poor, <laughs> this poor baby crossed the train tracks. <laughs> and and just shout out, shout out to the Bayang in the second act that oh popped God, out for the bang. one thing, one time. <laughs> the Bayang, she the turned bang. around 
that shit looked like it was so perfect and just like shout out to like old school church hairstyles like I hope they make a resurgence because her shit curled up like the Fibonacci sequence I was like yes (laughs) I was so here for it which also well I want to also touch on real quick um uh, Eve's nickname is rabbit in this it's never specified in the movie why it's rabbit I assume because she's small and she hops around a lot um that, but Cicely's the only one that calls her rabbit first of all no one else calls her rabbit but Eve and Poe have red hair mm-hmm. like and I, I I Journey must have dyed it right I could tell there was a little like brown streak in the middle yeah they because I remember her on Full House and I think her hair is more of a blonde yeah than a red so they might have done like a rinse or something over top of it what is the red hair about is it just the Creole thing? Like, oh, they 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 send some white people from years back. I mean, res, res, re, recessive traits just popping out. <laughs> recessive genes jumped out. I mean, that's what people a lot. And and again, like you were saying, like just from my my mom has like eleven siblings or something like that. That is my mom. Um, and they all just look completely different. Yeah. Even though, like, in in and my grandma was was married several times. But even the ones who are from the same marriage, just like, you know, families just look like that. It's, yeah, it's just interesting. Cicely comes out looking just like her mother and um, Poe and um, Eve do not. They look just like each other, but they don't look like their mother or their father. And you're just like... Well, they're related. That's that's Journey and... Uh, that's Journey's brother. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but you're just like, whose kids are these, Roz? <laughs> <laughs> going on and ease by you um but no the the hers um eve stealing the pineapple and the slap scene funniest things in the world i think casey should do comedies because i've never laughed so hard <laughs> it's too much yeah. so she steals the pineapple and she runs into um our diane carol elzora um and she's looking for her right because she she goes to her aunt moselle but aunt moselle is not feeling the voodoo like voodoo's not meant to kill people and blah 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 she's she's got morals you know i will say that moselle that's why she'll mess with elzora because elzora obviously ain't got no morals to be taking money first of all from a child (laughs) a whole 20 20 no change (laughs) like you're only charging a dollar for palm reading girls all of a sudden twenty dollars is is the fee right Uh, and that was like that was like a whole stack back in the day that, that's like a she lot of money went to magic city and balled out on that 20 seriously in so 1950 whatever she took her to her house and, and fed her porridge like the big bad bear she is and was like okay well give me the hair and I'll come back next thursday and we can see what we can do who does that that is a child who cares if she gave you 20 bucks if you don't send her home to her family especially when she's talking about killing someone that's crazy but that's why Moselle don't mess with your ass because she knows you ain't got no morals, Elzora. Um, so what happens is, here's oh go ahead. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh no, I was just, I think Elzora was just scamming her the whole time. Cause if you think about it, and we can get to this point. Hmm. Actually, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna let you finish the summary and then we'll talk about we'll talk about my theories. We'll talk about my theories. Okay, yeah, because we're yeah. we're wrapping it up here. Yeah. I'm interested to hear that because I just thought she was just an immoral and immoral. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't think she her whatever she did had a, any effect on what actually happened. It was the fact that Eve told Bro. uh Bro. what's his name Here that we go. Uh, his wife was 
I'm sorry. Did I did I go out while I was on my, my soapbox? Yeah. No, so, no, no. Like, so um, yeah, it was the fact that Eve directly told this man to his face in so many words, my daddy, <laughs> begin at your wife's WAP in the middle of the town square. Not that WAP. And- <laughs> Maddie and, have that for sure. <laughs> and that's what it was. So it's like, yeah, she, I, and who knows, but you know, Elzora ain't fucking with no wax coffins. She's not actually going to put that in. That's why she did it, why Eve wasn't there. Because she didn't actually do anything. She but, just took the money. To go back to Eve dropping bombs on um, Lenny, which is Maddie's husband. Eve had this problem early in the movie that Moselle called out. She's like, okay, well, why are you harping on someone else's pain? If you know that they know, you don't need to remind them. Um, now, Lenny is in the dark, which is stupid. Lenny is in the dark, but he's over here grinning, talking about, yeah, I come home late from work, and yeah, my wife, she's not the lonely type. And Eve just looking at him like, well, my mama is a lonely type, and my daddy never home, so... <laughs> and could you imagine being ethered by a 10-year-old like that? I would have been like, do I kill this child, or... Like what do I do? I feel like all you could do is just cry. You could all you could do at that point just have a coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. Because when a ten year old, ten year old knows all your business. No, (laughs) talking about your wife. (laughs) Oh, I'm so I'm surprised she didn't go in your hairline raggedy. You look just right. Like she dragged Lenny for felt. She's just looking at him like you dumbass. How do you not know this? Like how? (laughs) Like Eve, your breath stank. Ridiculous, (laughs) ridiculous. So you're right. She did. I mean, is it fate or or is it because um of the curse? that was supposedly set upon it could be both i don't know but so what happens is again this child is not being looked after roz where are you she goes to the bar to find her daddy and he's hanging out with maddie which again this town ain't shit i know this town is not that big y'all see this nigga at the bar with this girl and you don't say shit <laughs> to Roz and you said she's in the market buying your peaches buying your pineapples buying your apples and y'all know her husband is out with this woman at the bar at night I mean I've never seen the town protect a man I've never seen one place protect one man so well in my whole life um yeah <laughs> and maybe that's hubris for you that's right. hubris for you to be up in the bar after you already got caught. I know I already made this point. Like he was asking for that shit, and I love Samuel L. Jackson, but like this, I I couldn't fuck with you in this movie. Fuck with your performance, but this character, this character, we talk about character flaws and in, in screenwriting, <laughs> um, which you can read about in the new Afro Horror blog on Final Draft. That's my sponsorship. Um, but we talk about character flaws and definitely, um, Luke. Louis' character flaw in this is his ego. He thinks he is the man. No one's going to snitch on him. Even his own daughter has saw him. His wife is aware of his affair. He can do whatever he wants. So, of course, he's going to go to the bar in broad, not broad daylight, but in, out in the open with his mistress. The bartender don't care. The bartender setting him up saying, the last drink is on me. So his ego is ultimately his downfall because, and this is one of my favorite scenes, Lenny comes in and says, you're fucking my wife. Do not address her ever again or I will kill you. And what does this man do? He says, good night, Maddie. 
And Lenny said, good Pushing, you're pushing his buddy. This man said, do not address my wife or I will kill you. And your daughter is right here. Your daughter is right here. And Samuel, I'm sorry, Louis just basically goes, you know, get home safe. And also, good night, Maddie. Like he's so inflated at this point. He's so untouchable. And Lenny says, you know what? Nah. <laughs> like, in front of your child, he shot you. And that's what you got. And it's what you deserve. And no one could ever sit here and say that Louis didn't deserve that. The man told you what not to do. And you did exactly the opposite. You got what you deserved. So Hubris. 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 Now we're rounding out to the end of the movie. So after, um, after the fa- uh, her father's funeral, Eve finds a letter, which... Her father, Louis, wrote to his sister, Moselle, disputing the accusations. We talked about this earlier. We don't think, I I personally feel like he's just covering himself up. I don't think Moselle is wrong. I think she knew and called him out right. So finally, in it, he claims that Cecilia had come on to him and kissed him that night, first as a daughter, then as a lover. And in his drunken straight, he violently reacted, slapping her and pushing her to the ground, which made her, uh, her angry with him. And then when Eve goes back to her sister, and I was like, you lied, you lied. Cicely is like, I did not lie. And then they hold hands, and they try to get the real deal of what happened, uh, you know, because Eve has second sight, so she's trying to get that second sight through Cicely to see what happens, and all she sees is fragments of moments. She sees a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but it's unclear who was the actual instigator because that is just how life is. Everyone has a perspective. Everyone has a side. At the end of the day... That is a child, and you were an adult, and you didn't talk to her about it. You didn't tell anyone about it, and you covered it up. So I blame yeah. you. Yeah, and yeah, that's the point. Is it doesn't really matter. Like right. it doesn't really matter. He handled it. He handled it in a sus, like a sus ass way. He handled it like somebody who was guilty. You handle like someone's guilty because if, if your child is making out with you and you don't immediately go, something is okay, family meeting, we gotta take her to the psychiatrist. Why is she having these feelings for me? This is not normal. But you hide it and say, Don't tell your sister, don't tell your brother, because you're afraid of what the opinion would be from other people. You are wrong and you are an abuser and you deserve that death. That, I wish she would have died a little bit harder. I think a little gunshot is not worthy of Louis. Um, and I feel bad for Cicely. She's going to have to deal with that for the rest of her life. And the, the line that Megan Good says, I can't remember. And that sucks because it's true. It's just like all this stress, all this anxiety, like, did I do it? She's gaslighting herself. And that sucks. Like, did, is it me? Am I the problem? No, you're the child. And not to mention she was sent away. She was sent away. So who knows what quote-unquote treatments she was given right with right they they, I don't know how long they were still doing lobotomies or whatever but like the shit they were doing in well well, she did go well no she went to go live with her grandma's house I don't know why I thought they sent her to a I don't know why I thought a mental institution Mm. yeah but either either yeah I thought she I don't know why I just they made a comment about Moselle being into mental institutions a couple of times right yeah which yeah yeah. Which, again, Moselle is not crazy. And this just goes back to the whole thing about being a woman during that time period. She wasn't crazy, but she also entered a mental institution because she had visions, but all her visions were correct. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and a, a lot of 
and a lot of psychics have faced that look up kundalini psychosis like that that rings that rang true um but yeah in that particular instance um at the end when cecily is like i don't remember like dissociation is a thing too yeah, yeah. you know and again had she been lying right eve would know Eve would have known. Eve would have known, and and Moselle would have known. They all would have known because they would have yeah. saw it. And I love Eve at the end as a good sister. She takes her hand, and even though she only sees fragments, she goes, "It's okay. It's okay. I believe you." She's maybe not. I believe you, but it doesn't matter. Like you said at this point, it doesn't matter. What matters now is that we move forward together as sisters, as family, and we make it right. Um, cause she sees enough to know something did happen and no matter yeah. what it was handled improperly at the end of yeah. the day, but something did happen. <clears throat> oh, what yeah. a film, my God. <laughs> Such a beautiful film from the score to the cinematography, to the costume, hair. Oh, oh my yes. goodness. Hair, makeup. It's just, I have appreciate, not a ponytail holder in sight. All their ponies were wrapped. Right. Like, that was just, just like little details. Yeah, like just a little, just little details like that um, that made it feel more uh, period. I don't know. It, Especially, I was looking at um, Eve's clothing and I was just like, this is such southern little girl. Like, it's so cute with her little crop tops and her overalls and her, her shoes. And she's a tomboy, but she's a girl, a girl. And it's just perfect. Everything was just so beautiful from top to bottom. I can't find who the costume designer was, but I'm, I'll try to put it in the show notes. Um, but they did a, a wonderful job. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad this was my first time watching actually as a 30 year old where I could actually really digest all of the themes and everything exactly exactly and i'm truth be told i'll probably go back and watch it again yeah i know um, i'm definitely gonna it watch worth it, it. Yeah. I'm, gonna find, I'm sure there's little things that i miss because i'm just trying to get the story i put my captions on like i always do and i'm glad i do because i catch Same, the dialogue yeah. that way um but like i said rupert um rupert ebert rupert uh, rupert eber okay um, he was a very famous film critic. He's passed away, long gone, passed away now. He said this was the best film of 1997, and if the Oscars overlooked it, then they weren't paying attention. The Oscars did overlook it. They weren't paying attention. I feel like a film like this released today would be nominated for all the awards, and we would be talking about these young and upcoming actresses, Megan Good and Journey Smollett. Um, it's unfortunate. Timing, timing, timing. That's yeah. all is but we're talking about it now um what is your theory with uh elzora what was the theory that you she had? didn't do anything she just took that child's money she took her money she didn't do a damn thing it was all eve and yeah which is like yeah i buried a wax coffin you're not gonna find it all the bodies are out there <laughs> and i got my she and and i don't know if if you caught it but she had her little, her little spliff when they were in the marketplace yes i was yeah. like i fucks with you Elzora. and that's why moselle doesn't mess with her because yes maybe she does have a gift but she also is a fraud like when it comes to voodoo and i'm sure moselle is probably the most powerful witch in that area um i don't know i it's interesting it's just a coincidence right like eve if you probably had said nothing to lenny your daddy would probably still be alive 
Yeah. Which yeah. is your, which, which makes you very powerful, bitch, but not in a witch sense, which just, you know, your word is powerful. Watch your yeah. words. Watch your words. I what mean, else? yeah, I mean, it happened. He, if it's, yeah. <laughs> it happened. Again, <laughs> Southern Gothic thriller, Eve's Bayou. It is a horror film. It keeps getting shut out of the conversation, but it is. It is also a drama film, but I definitely think it should be a part of our spooky season conversation, and that's why we're talking about it today. Um, what's what's some final thoughts for this film you want to leave with, with people who've seen it or haven't seen it? Um, just really take your time take advantage of the reverse frame i'm sorry the the like rewind uh frame buttons and all that take your time and really digest this film because it is rich 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 it's so elegant and so beautiful not just talking about the aesthetics we're talking about the execution casey lemons thank you so much we love you um we give you your flowers Um, And thank you so much for this beautiful piece of cinematic poetry. Yes, beautiful. And and, and not to mention, you guys, 1997 and the camera work, like like Chris was saying, is beautiful. It holds up. Um, It's just marvelous. And and the cinematography, um, I think, yeah, Amy Vincent. Oh, a female cinematographer. (laughs) Hey! Um, Just beautiful, capturing Southern Gothic Creole realness and Black people in such beautiful light. The lighting, you know, could tell. They knew what they were doing. Um, I want to leave y'all with this. It was not uh, probably what you expected it to be. It surely wasn't what I... I always assumed it was a ghost story. I don't know why, maybe from judging from the poster. But um, it's definitely a tale that has so many layers and themes to it and i'm gonna watch it again and just seeing all these actors where they are now it's way ahead of their time way ahead of their time that's crazy it's just like shooting lightning in a bottle to get that caliber of actors in a film like this and your first film what ridiculous yes and i believe she's she's married to bondi curtis hall who is uh julian gray raven in real life yeah good job casey Casey also if you guys didn't know just directed the Oscar award nominated Harriet yes yes which I have not seen yet Um, I haven't either but I've heard talk I've heard mention about like people saying that like she was trying to make her a superhero and like I don't know again I don't have the context but I know that again like according to her own accounts and historical interpretations that she has been believed to have had some sort of like second sight like she would Harriet Tubman would cross rivers Mm. at random points and make it across right um without knowing where the crossing point is being led so I don't know if they're talking about that kind of thing um so I'm definitely I'm gonna check it out I think this week and you know we'll offline about it which is uh interesting East Bayou I watched on HBO Max and Harriet is also on HBO Max currently right now so you can have a Casey Lemons viewing party if you also want to see Casey Lemons the actor you could rewatch Candyman which is currently on Netflix as we sit and wait patiently for the remake of Candyman I don't even think it's a remake I think it's a continuation if I'm correct 
I don't think they're remaking the story. I think they're continuing yeah, the spiritual tale. Sequel. Spiritual sequel. Um, directed by Miss Nia DaCosta. Uh, they gave us an October date. It was supposed to come out in August, but COVID happened. I am probably going to go see it to support, but I really don't want to go to a theater during COVID. But um, I know Nia has been very vocal on Twitter about not releasing it on streamers. She was very vocal about Mulan being released on a streamer, which comes out in three days. Hello. Um, hmm. And I think for her first uh, big budget film, yes, she deserves a theatrical release. I just don't think it has to be this year. I think that's where we disagree. I think it could be a 2021 situation. Um, I digress. Um, but Chris, can you tell the people where, if they want to get their... Is it uh, cards read tarot? tarot yeah, money? or I do an oracle deck. I use one oracle deck. Um, it's basically, and you can you, basically any of my social media, my Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just hit me up. Um, I don't know how long actually I'll be, uh, you know, I'm kind of at my, my end of doing these because film stuff is taking off. Mm. Um, so catch me while you can. <laughs> catch her while you if can. You can. If you um, can. Yeah. I also um, just partnered with uh, Final Draft, you guys. We're, we made this podcast into a blog now. In the blog side, we talk more about technical writing and horror. Horror. Um, <laughs> there's some whores in this house. Um, uh, you know, the first one was about writing appropriate Black characters in, in the genre. The second one coming out this week is about tension and stakes, um, which is really, really important. So we focus more on, like, the actual writing uh, more so than movie reviews. But Chris, so you know, I've already reached out to Sandra and Reg and I'm trying to do an interview with the ladies of charcuterie for one of the blogs. Yeah, I mean, I would love to make that happen. Yeah. yeah. So I will reach out to your people. I know you can't say much, but I just, I just how you guys came together to interview about like that background, I think. I won't press you so much on the actual work um outside of that it is spooky season we're gonna come back uh in october and we're actually gonna drop two episodes for halloween time to get you in the mood but this is our september episode and i'm so glad i was able to nail down chris because she's so busy i don't know how long i'll have her but this was a great episode because i missed you but also um this is my first time seeing it used by you and it was perfect to be able to talk about it with you uh and anyone else so outside of that you guys follow afro horror on instagram and twitter i don't tweet or instagram a lot but i'm working on it we'll we'll figure it out um there's there's a lot of great things that are gonna happen soon i don't that's pretty i mean pretty i don't know what else to say besides that we had an interview with jeff howard a month ago and we're doing another one jeff who's good friends of both Chris and I, we're doing another interview coming up for Final Draft soon, talking about all your horror questions. Um, so look out for that. Any any last words, Chris? Take care, everybody. Be safe. And um, I just wanted to say, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Um, yeah. We love you. Sending so much love uh, to his family and everybody who knew him personally. Wakanda forever. Um, our people forever. Yeah, Wakanda forever. Thank you, Chadwick. It's it's worked because of the things that you've done is even why Afro horror exists. You didn't do any horror films, but just being the creator that you were gives Chris and I the platform to do what we're doing and hopefully more work. 
thank you. Thank you, Ancestor, for your legacy and for your continuing continuation of looking after us as artists and as Black people. Thank you, Chris, for reminding me that. It hurt me so much, and I'm... <sighs> it's going to get better. It's got to. We got to keep going. We got each other. Got each other. So this has been your September episode of Afro Horror, you guys. Um, I look forward to seeing you in October. Happy spooky season. This is our time. Tis time. Yes. <laughs> this is where it's we thrive. Libra, Scorpios, we rise. We rise. <laughs> Grab your brooms. We're out. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Afro Horror. Please subscribe and leave a comment if you'd like what you heard. We want to send a special shout out to Jaren Hemphill for our amazing logo design. Thanks, Jaren. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at, at Afro Horror or on our website, www.afrohorror.com. No copyright infringement was intended while recording this podcast.